1: Welcome to Live Mike. I am Lee Lonsberry, episode number one hundred and eighteen of this program here on KSL News Radio, and so much has happened since you and I last got together for this program. I did spend about five hours on KSL News Radio Saturday night. I got a call in the middle of the day from the boss here and he said, Hey Lee, could you be ready to go tonight? There's something a brewing and it might grow and it might become something explosive and historic here in Salt Lake City and Uh, Not long after that initial contact was made, the word came that, Lee, uh, you and Debbie Dejanovic need to sit down together and take uh, our radio station through the events of tonight and broadcast the goings-on in downtown Salt Lake City, the developing protests and police response and the graffiti and the violence and all that transpired here on the streets of Salt Lake City just Saturday night. You have certainly throughout the day today heard... Some of, the, uh, some of the explanations of things that took place, some of the back and forth, some of those individuals involved in what happened Saturday night, uh, speaking now in, with the benefit of hindsight, analyzing the response. There have been some back and forths specifically between the office of Salt Lake City Mayor Aaron Mendenhall and the Fraternal Order of Police here in the state of Utah. We'll talk about that, uh, those disagreements uh, momentarily. Dave and Debbie this morning had a series of wonderful conversations that shed incredible light on the aftermath of the protests here in Salt Lake City of Saturday night. It was a remarkable thing. It was a heartbreaking thing, and in some instances it was a maddening thing. But there what were instances where you and I were able to see great goodness transpire great goodness come from members of the police departments the various departments who joined together including sheriff's deputies who joined together to as safely as possible bring an end to the violence of Saturday night also too there was great reason to be encouraged by the by the behavior of some of the protesters what do i mean there Well, one of the things, one of the events that we witnessed on Saturday night was the looting of a 7-Eleven. I can't remember a time in history where Utah, specifically Salt Lake City, has been the setting for looting, but it took place on Saturday night. There were a number of individuals amongst the group of protesters that broke the glass and entered illegally into the 7-Eleven location. Well, there were others there who said, no, 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 this isn't how we do it. This is not right. And as some of those looters went sprinting out of that seven hundred eleven with chips and soda and whatever they could get their hands on, uh, filling their arms, there were those standing guard of the seven eleven reached out, pulled from the hands of the looters that which they sought to steal, and said no no no, not on my watch. In fact there's a video going around of a gentleman standing tall and proud and square shouldered and sure footed, yelling at those looters and saying that, no, 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 this is not right, this is not right. I think I, I've identified that gentleman, and I'm going to do what I can to connect with him either today on the program or tomorrow. He's an example of great goodness, because the, the, the truth is there, there are a number of debates that have played out over the past few days. One of them is the argument presented by the protesters. There is great frustration felt by many who have earnestly and sincerely taken to the streets to exercise uh, peacefully their Second Amendment right. Just a week ago, a video was captured of George Floyd on the ground with the knee of a member of law enforcement on his neck for over eight minutes. And when that, in- when that video comes to an end, George Floyd's life also came to an end. And that has caused frustration not only uh, around this country, not only around uh, our cities here in Utah, but also around the world. Utah often is immune to things like this, to behavior like this. We We don't see protests. We don't see looting. We don't see the graffiti, which has covered much of downtown Salt Lake City. We don't see the types of words that have been spray-painted around the city the way other cities do. And that all changed on Saturday night. I'd like to... And it may feel like uh, patting ourselves on the back here, but uh, I'd like to to thank a few of the folks that have worked uh, here at KSL News Radio, as well as uh, our partners at KSL Television, for the wonderful work that they did in keeping uh, you, the listener, up to speed on exactly what was going on Saturday night. KSL Television's Alex Cabrera was in the middle of it all, and when that police vehicle was flipped over onto its roof he was standing right there this is what
0: people were hoping were wasn't going to happen now there's yeah it was peaceful up until this point i saw maybe 10 minutes ago a bunch of protesters started smashing this police car flipped it over onto its top and then they were uh, trying to set it on fire after bashing it breaking
4: in the windows, hitting it with skateboards. There's a lot of people doing this. Um, there's another group saying, don't do this. We don't want to do this.
1: Paul Nelson was also there, and he describes what he witnessed during the protest after uh, members of the National Guard were deployed.
0: I see uh, police in riot gear, Uh, that have all their clubs their shields they have everything kind of ready to go and the protesters are the ones that are uh, approaching them not the other way around so uh, what i see also is like water bottles are being thrown uh, other things are being thrown at the police right now and uh yeah definitely hundreds of people all around the uh ready to go and just in case there's like another uh fight
1: there were a number of stories within this larger story of the saturday night protests which have caught our attention you may have heard of a a gentleman alleged to have had a bow and arrow in the middle of all of the protesters that man would be uh, struck by some ultimately walking away from that crowd being pulled from that crowd uh, with a bloodied face but as that was transpiring as that was taking place uh ksl news radio reporter kelly pierce was there uh she and i were on the air along with debbie dejanovic narrating exactly what she was seeing right in the midst of all of this let me play for you uh what was reported by kelly pierce in those very moments oh oh
4: shoot
2: yeah there's a guy with a bow and arrow who is now here
1: Uh, a protester with a bow and arrow
2: It was not a protester, actually. It's a guy who was in traffic, and he was arguing with one of the protesters, uh, or a couple of the protesters, actually. He got out of his vehicle, got to the back seat, and pulled out a bow and arrow. Obviously, he's not happy with what's going on here.
1: Kelly continued her reporting when things got a little scarier here.
2: He has brought out his bow and arrow, and he is pointing it.
1: There is a bow. uh, There's an arrow in the bow. He's drawn it.
2: Yes. They are Any? throwing stuff at him. He is stringing up his bow and arrow. And he, is sh- he looks like he's going to. Oh, he is aiming and shooting. Are you in a safe nope, position? He has not shot yet. He is aiming it, though.
1: Are you, are you now safe? They're
2: rushing him. They're rushing him. They're rushing. You now we got him punching him as well. Someone hit him with a skateboard.
1: Is there anyone else they in the, the vehicle, Kelly? <laughs> uh, I'm sorry? Anyone else in the vehicle?
2: Uh, I didn't see that anyone else was in the vehicle. But uh, just to clarify, he did not shoot his arrow that I I saw, but he did uh, kind of uh, string it.
1: And that that was the events as they transpired surrounding the gentleman with a bow and arrow. There are a number of questions still out there regarding his Uh, identity? Has he been charged with anything? And we'll go through those uh, and that story, plus many others that transpired on Saturday night. And we will hear from other individuals throughout the course of today's program. The act of overturning a police car uh, and setting it ablaze, that qualifies it for uh, possible federal prosecution. We'll be speaking to U.S. Attorney John Huber later on in the program to talk about what potential charges may be facing those involved in that act, plus uh, many more uh, on today's program. We're going to take a break right now. When we come back, we're going to be looking at some of the statements made by Salt Lake City Police Department uh, Chief Brown, some of his feelings about the events that, that took place over the weekend, and he will express his pride in how his officers responded. That's ahead on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.
3: Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.
1: Welcome back to Live, Mike. You might be asking yourself, wait a second, hold on, it's, uh, it's 1250. What happened to the coronavirus call-in? Uh, Well, that was a temporary program here on KSL News Radio, and uh, its need has come to an end. And it was uh, my honor to step aside for a time to make room for that wonderful program hosted by Jeff Kaplan in coordination with so many of the experts combating the coronavirus, the pandemic here in the state of Utah. And it is my honor to be back here with you during this time of day. And I look forward to spending many more afternoons with you going forward today, though. We are gathered uh, on unfortunate terms. We are here today, and a good chunk of the time you and I will spend together on this radio program will be spent talking about what happened in Salt Lake City on Saturday night, much of which was heartbreaking, much of which was history-making, much of which was maddening and dangerous and scary at times, and it was an event that taught us many lessons. As the sun came up the next day, yesterday, Sunday, we did see a good measure of great goodness. One of the more heartbreaking images that I saw on Saturday was the scene as you drive up State Street, you crest the hill, approaching the Utah State Capitol, and to see that first sign with the brass lettering uh, Utah State, State of Utah, right there at the top of the hill, uh, the bronze lettering. a top affixed rather to the concrete wall well that was a target of much graffiti some very hateful things were written some uh, graffiti and messages things that we certainly can't utter on these airwaves uh, and other uh, other very unfortunate phrases aimed at police and their lives very threatening and that's not all if you continue up the hill walk up the stairs and continue approaching the Utah State Capitol you will see that, uh, you will have seen, I should say, on Saturday that at the base of each of those pillars were messages scrawled there, messages of hate and anger and rage and, if nothing else, certainly uh, graffiti and vandalism, heartbreaking stuff. But when the sun came up on Sunday, it was countless individuals and organizations that got together under the organization of those tasked with taking care of the Capitol and her grounds, and they went to work cleaning what had been dirtied. They used high-pressure washers. They used soap and rags in their hands and their backs. And if you drive up there right now, it's as if nothing happened. Because people very quickly stepped up and said, this is not a reflection of our city. This type of graffiti and vandalism and anger and hate and rage is not emblematic of what we are as a city. What is Emblematic of who we are as a city is operating within the rule of law, doing so peacefully, and when a situation arises, we speak our minds and we take action legal action that doesn't threaten others or their property. And on Sunday morning, it was those who had a statement themselves that they were not going to stand for vandalism who got up, made their way to the state capitol, and cleaned things. It's inspirational footage and images that you'll see at kslnewsradio.com. You can also see it at the KSL News Radio app. It's powered by Any Hour Services, and you can download that wherever you get your apps, for your iPhone, your Android, or whatever kind of phone you have, the KSL News Radio app. There is complete and robust coverage of the events of Saturday night, and not only Saturday night, but Sunday, and today there's word of possibly another protest assembling uh, at Washington Square this evening uh, we'll be covering that in its entirety here on this radio station on the KSL News Radio app and at kslnewsradio.com so please uh, join us there uh, throughout the rest of the day today as we continue to cover what happened over the weekend as well as what didn't happen I- i'm going to in just a moment we're going to walk through some of the comments made by Salt Lake City police Chief Brown. Uh, but later on in the program, I'm going to talk to you about a few of the things that uh, did not happen, uh, things outside of this protest. We're going to talk about that would-be Colin Ray concert. We'll have uh, the organizer on the line here. We're also going to talk about uh, another piece of history that was made, and that was in Florida at the Kennedy Space Center, where in conjunction with SpaceX, NASA was able to send two of its astronauts. To the International Space Station. The first time in almost a decade that Americans have launched from American soil into outer space. I want to walk through that. As I told you, I would. I was able to sit down with my beautiful baby daughter. She's seven months old now, so I wasn't really understanding much of what she was seeing, Uh, but I wanted to share the historic moment with her nonetheless. She and I, as we sat down in front of the TV together, Saturday afternoon, we're able to witness a little bit of history. I'm going to talk to you about the SpaceX launch later today, what it means, and how those astronauts are doing up in outer space. But first, let's have a look at what Chief Brown has had to say uh, since Saturday, and including this morning on these airwaves with KSL News Radio's Dave and Dejanovic. There was uh, an incident, an incident surrounding a man. Uh, A bow and arrow and some violence perpetrated against him and some questions as to whether or not charges should be uh, pressed against this man chief brown spoke about that the man with the bow and arrow was pulled from the crowd by some public order officers as he was being assaulted the officer's first concern was life safety it was only later through the media inquiries and shared footage
0: that we were able to identify him and the series of events that preceded. We know who he is and we are looking to screen charges. Your statements would be
4: extremely helpful.
1: So that situation is continuing to develop, and once we know the full story there, we'll certainly share it with you. Uh, the indications are that this gentleman has uh, a unique history. Uh, I, what we do know is that there was a bow and arrow involved. I saw that with my own eyes. I also saw that the vehicle from which this man emerged was, after he was clear of the, of the vehicle, it was flipped on its roof, it was looted, and it was set ablaze. Uh, a small little Lonsbury tangent here. The vehicle that, which was flipped was a Dodge Caliber, a black Dodge Caliber. I was able to identify it immediately because I drove one of those myself for a number of years. In fact, I picked my wife up for our first date in a black Dodge Caliber, the same uh, type of vehicle which was flipped on its roof and set ablaze uh, on, four, on Second East in Salt Lake City over the weekend, a a surreal image to behold. Uh, Very luckily though, it appears that that there were no injuries sustained at that moment. Uh, I'm going to continue a little bit on to what the Chief had to say today with Dave and Dejanovic. Chief Brown says Salt Lake has always welcomed people to voice their First Amendment rights in a peaceful way.
0: This is not what I would expect from Salt Lake City PD. My expectations are that if people are exercising their First Amendment rights, we give them the space to do so peacefully. I have spoken to this gentleman to express my concern for his well-being and to apologize to him personally. It was hard for me to watch what happened.
1: That clip there stems from a, a piece of video you may have seen where they uh, was a, a man who was in and among the protesters, not exactly sure what the man's intentions were, but he was uh, approached by officers uh, in protective gear. Uh, an officer with one of those plexiglass shields did make contact with the gentleman, and he did fall to the ground. He was, though I'll point out, immediately afterwards uh, assisted by various other officers back to his feet. But the the images are striking, and it, it does... Uh, look as though there was a a little bit of force used against this, uh, the man who at the time was carrying a cane, and there was the chief uh, responding to that. This, though, is from this morning, a conversation between the chief and Dave and Debbie talking about uh, the welcoming attitude that he, as chief of police, has for all those seeking to exercise and voice their first, First Amendment rights.
0: We have always been a city that's welcomed people to come here and exercise their First Amendment right, to, to, to protest uh, to, to, to you know to get off their chest the things that are bugging them and we've always been able to, to do that in a, in, a, in a very controlled and peaceful way
1: lastly, I just want to air this clip from uh, Chief Brown talking about how proud he was of his officers.
0: I am so proud of our officers that went out there that day and injected themselves into that situation they handled themselves with the greatest restraint i In my career, I have never seen officers exercise and perform in a more courageous and brave way.
1: So that's that. We're going to take a quick break here. In a moment, when we come back, I'll be speaking with uh, a representative from the Utah Army National Guard, uh, Governor Herbert activated the National Guard over the weekend in thwarting some of the behavior from protesters who took to the streets here in Salt Lake City. That's ahead on Live Mike. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsbury. Much history was made over the weekend. There were a number of firsts to transpire in the city of Salt Lake, Utah's capital city, over the weekend as countless thousands of individuals took to the street to protest, to voice some frustration undoubtedly stemming from what transpired in Minneapolis, Minnesota, just last week with the death of george floyd well one of the announcements that happened in the evening of saturday this past saturday as uh, i and debbie djanovic were on the air here broadcasting narrating the events that we were seeing take place right here in salt lake city was that a press conference was called it was executed via zoom uh, and various leaders from the city and at the state level got together, including Governor Gary Herber, where he announced that he would be activating the National Guard.
2: I'm activating the National Guard to help where we need to have their input, their labor, and their help in, in clearing the streets and making sure that we, in fact, do not have any additional rioting and looting that's taking place.
1: That caught my attention. There, there have been a number of uh, cities and states throughout the country over the past few days where the governors of those respective states have uh, activated the National Guard to aid in either logistics efforts or keeping the streets safe directly or in any number of capacities and to help us get a better sense of how the National Guard, the 200 plus members of the Utah Army National Guard, whom were Uh, activated on Saturday just to see what type of work they were engaged in. I reached out to the National Guard here in Utah, and they were kind enough uh, to connect me with Utah National Guard Major Jason Adamson, who joins me on the line now. Major, how are you?
0: I'm doing fine. How are you doing?
1: Uh, I'm hanging in there. It's a a sad chapter of Utah history that we have experienced over this past weekend, but uh, luckily there were no serious, serious injuries, no loss of life, uh, and we're cleaning up the mess right now. Talk to me about your experience Saturday night. What did you go through?
0: Yeah, so um, obviously, like a lot of a lot of people in the state of Utah, I was watching the news uh, in the afternoon, um, and uh, because with being a National Guard soldier um, and also being a police officer in my civilian side of the job, um, obviously it's something that you know that I'm going to watch and uh, carefully look over. But with our National Guard mission. We do this, and we were like, "Well, there's a good chance we might get called up." And so I started. We started texting between uh, the command leadership. Um, and they were saying, "Hey, we might get activated for this. Just be ready." And within about uh, 10 minutes of us even starting those conversations, uh, we received the, the notification that we were being activated to come and support the state um, in the with the protests and the riots that were going on downtown. So uh, we were. I already had it ready in my mind, you know, because we thought this was going to happen. We also train on a biannual basis uh, for these specific, you know, civil disruptions uh, in the state. Um, We work very closely with local law enforcement for it. But uh, basically, once we got that call, we, you know, grabbed all of our gear uh, and got up to our armory as fast as we could, which is, you know, closely located to downtown Salt Lake. Um, And once we got to our location, we actually had uh, soldiers on the ground, soldiers and airmen on the ground within about two hours, of the initial call for us to come uh, and
1: help have you been a- ever been activated in this capacity before?
0: No we've been activated on, on a federal level to like to Afghanistan right uh, but never' but never here I mean we've had some like you know for floods yeah and uh, you know fires and things like that we've been activated for, but nothing of this nature at all
1: so once uh, everyone had assembled uh, members of the Army National Guard and Air National Guard you mentioned uh, where did things go from there?
0: Uh, so as we had people come in, as long as, as once we had enough members so we could send out safe members for teams, uh, we started sending them out immediately. Uh, so I was assigned, I got up there pretty early on, uh, one of the first people to show up. Um, I was assigned as the liaison leader, um, as, you know, being a leader in our organization, to go work with the, the state and the Salt Lake City Police Department with their response to the protesters at the Capitol and in downtown Salt Lake. And so once I got on ground, um, I just started coordinating that response. So once we had enough people for a team of like 20, we'd either get them on buses or in the Humvees. We they'd respond over to the Capitol, and then we would disperse them from that location to wherever they were needed, you know, within the city.
1: Were the majority uh, of members, a majority of National Guardsmen, were they uh, deployed to the streets, interacting face to face in instances with uh, with protesters?
0: Uh, that night we ended up having about 60 of our Army National Guard soldiers that were deployed and they were they were put out at the public safety building, the Salt Lake City Police Department building, at the City Hall building and at the city library. Uh, they were there to help clear the streets and uh, but they all all of our soldiers work one hundred percent under the direction of law enforcement. So they're just there in a support capacity. Uh, but they, our soldiers mm-hmm. did have interactions with the public, but we didn't have any reports of anything negative coming back from it. But I think by the time our soldiers got out there on the ground, uh, most of the violent protesters had been pushed off by law enforcement, and then we just came in and backfilled and held security positions so that they could rest um, and, and refit uh, while, while we were you know, helping them in that, in that mission of, of support.
1: We've heard, of, uh, we've heard reports of a number of law enforcement officers uh, sustaining injuries, uh, either at the hands of protesters or heat injuries or otherwise. Any members, uh, any soldiers in the Utah Army National Guard injured at all?
0: No, we have not had any injuries of our soldiers. It's been pretty fortunate. I think part of that is the fact that we live in a state where, um, for the most part, our citizens are extremely supportive of our law enforcement and of our military, probably even more so of our military, and so we, we get a lot of respect because of that, and we did not have – like once our soldiers showed up, I, I don't know if it was just more of a deterrent or the fact that, oh, here's the military, and they're not the people that we're angry at. They're just here to keep us safe, that we did not have any negative interactions. None of our soldiers were, had any rocks or anything thrown at them, none of them were mm. injured or, in any way.
1: Do you think that was a result of the time of day or the stage and the process of pushing back these protesters, or were the protesters themselves making distinctions between members of the military and members of law enforcement?
0: Well, I would say it would probably be pretty easy for them to identify the, the distinction between the two of us. Um, obviously, we, we showed up in Humvees. Sure. Uh, we're wearing our military uniforms uh, with helmets and vests and things like that on. So it was very clear that we are with the Army National Guard, with the information that was pushed out. Uh, but, I, I mean, there, there, some of that could have been due to the fact that we showed up a little bit later because, obviously, we didn't get activated until the, the police car was set on fire um, and it started getting really violent. So, it, you know, obviously it took us a little bit to muster. You know, like I said, we had our first people on ground two hours after that. So a lot of it had, had calmed down because the law enforcement had gotten, you know, about 60 to 70 officers out there to, to try to, you know, Quelched the the initial riot. Um, so I mean, some of it could have been to that, but I also believe that there is that people recognize the difference that these are military. It's a different level um, than law enforcement, and that they're not angry at the military. They're angry at. Uh, the situation that's going on across the country.
1: Right. We're speaking with Utah Army National Guard Major Jason Adamson. One final question. D- does the activation continue? Do you have additional responsibilities in the wake of Saturday, or is it back to, to normal duties for you and yours?
0: No, so we we are 100% still uh, engaged to help the city wherever they need resources and the state. Um, we are still on activation for right now. I mean, usually the initial activation lasts for 72 hours. But we are fully engaged. We understand the mission of the National Guard—that we can be called up at any time. Sometimes it's for a year. Sometimes it's for a year and a half to go over to Iraq or Afghanistan or to other places that they deem necessary for us. It. Sometimes it's just going to be in our back backyard. That's what the National Guard mission is all about—is helping our local citizens here. Uh, so we understand that initially we're, we're activated for 72 hours, which is coming to an end tonight. Mm-hmm. But we are going to be on standby. We're going to have people available uh, as long as Salt Lake City asks us to. And as long as the state asks us to, we're going to be here to support them in any capacity that they need.
1: Major Adamson, thank you for your service. Thank you for your time with me. Thank you for uh, your work on Saturday night and explaining things to us here today.
0: Thank you so much. Have a good day.
1: All right, you do the same. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to look at a little bit of a disagreement which has arisen between the mayor of Salt Lake City and the president uh, of the Fraternal Order of Police, both of whom joined Dave and Dejanovic earlier this morning. I want to walk through some of the contention being felt between the two of them and share my own opinions, which it may be much ado about nothing. I'll explain next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry and this is KSL News Radio. Welcome back to Live Mike. I am Lee Lonsberry. Can I be honest with you? I had an entire plan for today's program. We were going to talk about fun, lighthearted things on the first day of June, really figuring out how summer was going to go. I was going to talk about this and that. We were going to make summer plans together, how to stay fit and happy and healthy and spend good time with your family. No, 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 no. The protesters had a different idea. Yep. Saturday night, a group of protesters got together, and they took to the streets of Salt Lake City. They caused some damage. There was a good deal of graffiti and destruction which took place on the streets of Salt Lake City. A police car, a cruiser with the Salt Lake City Police Department was flipped onto its roof and set ablaze. And the police department has actually been asking for the public's help. You know, we are in an era where there are cameras and cell phones with cameras everywhere. And so you can't expect that you are going to take to the streets, engage in illegal activity and not get caught on camera almost everything that transpired on the streets of Salt Lake Saturday night was caught on camera you can comb through the social media feeds of KSL news radio we had reporters out in the street KSL uh, 5 television uh, our our partner in broadcasting had cameras all deployed around the street reporters out there themselves and there is crystal clear footage crystal clear footage of some of the folks involved in this protest stepping forward taking hold of the underside of this police cruiser and one two three heave ho and it onto its roof now one interesting thing you hear this principle discussed frequently when it comes to mob behavior and the behavior of those engaged in protesting like this how sometimes the actions of one embolden those around that individual and if you go to this footage, the the camera footage of the protesters getting together and one by one taking hold of the underside of this car, you can see that just before each individual protester decides that they were going to get involved, they looked around to see if someone else was already involved. Only one uh, was willing to do it on their own. And for whatever reason, and I'm no psychologist, I'm not going to pretend to understand the mentality of uh, you know, being emboldened by the mob, but that is exactly what you saw happen. Before each and every protester approached that vehicle to flip it on its end and set it ablaze, they were checking to make sure someone else was there already. And whatever commentary that is on the reality of what transpired Saturday night, uh, its result is that a cop car was up on its end, set ablaze. Later on, the vehicle of a civilian was tipped over under its roof, set ablaze, and there's graffiti and broken windows littering the streets of Salt Lake City. It's a heartbreaking thing. And alongside the events of Saturday night, the mayor, Mayor Aaron Mendenhall, who uh, you have to remember has not been on the job that long and yet, during the course of her administration, she has seen uh, much. She has seen a lot uh, when it comes to uh, looking after the city. And Saturday night uh, came almost out of nowhere. And she uh, has been addressing the media and the public in various ways. Most recently, uh, or rather, I should say on Sunday, she, uh, she took to uh, Zoom. And alongside others, I delivered some remarks. I want to play those for you and then share with you the reaction from the Fraternal Order of Police. Here is Salt Lake City Mayor Aaron Mendenhall speaking on Sunday.
3: Following yesterday's events, I've asked Chief Brown for a thorough after-action review of our police department's response to protesters. If you were downtown yesterday and you believe that there were any incidents of inappropriate use of force, I ask that you file a complaint. You can do that through the web, email, phone, and the reports can be anonymous. There's no wrong way to make a complaint.
1: She has solicited uh, those who believe they have either experienced or observed inappropriate behavior on the part of police officers to reach out. Now, the Fraternal Order of the Police, uh, that's the the union that represents police officers throughout the state, uh, specifically Brent Jeck's president of the Fraternal Order order of police the utah state lodge joined dave and debbie this morning on ksl news radio to respond to what the mayor had requested he did so with these words
4: you see on-duty officers uh responding throughout the county through neighboring counties you saw off-duty guys that they left their families they left barbecues they left everything to rush down there and you know what they would do it again and again regardless of what anybody says regardless of what complaints come in from this mob they're going to do it again and again you know we watched troopers without any riot gear come down the steps to defend the capital and to, and to stand there stoically i mean it was it was a remarkable scene to see the sacrifices that were that were made not just by the officers that responded but by the the concerned and really, kind of devastated families that were, that were left behind, you know, as they watched all of this unfold with their loved ones on the front line and seeing all.
1: Later in the program, it was asked if uh, Mayor Mendenhall should apologize to the police, and uh, Jax had this to say she
4: doesn't, she doesn't owe the FOP an apology. She owes the officers that were down there, she owes their families an apology for not prioritizing them over anarchists that's where the apology needs to come from and and you know we're willing to we're willing to move past it uh there are bigger things at issue we've uh we've already had discussions with the NAACP on this whole issue if she wants solutions then we're there for solutions if she wants headlines then she's doing a great job on that or so.
1: and i'm going to play to wrap up this back and forth a response from Mayor Mendenhall, which came after these comments uh, by the Fraternal Order of the Police.
2: Our Salt Lake City Police Department has done an incredible job, and they did an amazing job that night of keeping the peace alongside dozens of other agencies. If there's any police officer who took my words for criticism against their actions on Saturday night, then I, I am sincerely sorry. My sole intention was and still is to make sure that the public knows that Salt Lake City Police are here to protect and serve, and our department is willing to hear from the public in a spirit of transparency. It's not about taking sides with the protesters or soliciting criticism of our officers. It's about running a department that's accountable and transparent, and that's something we've always strived to be.
1: I'm not sure why this back and forth has escalated. I'll tell you that since that interview granted by the mayor on KSL News Radio earlier today, that since then the Fraternal Order of the Police has come back and via social media responded uh, with dissatisfaction to the explanation given there by the mayor. I'd like to just ask if both sides are listening to me right now. Let's let's take a step backwards. Let's take a step backwards and look at the the larger picture here. While there were certainly injuries sustained by members of the law enforcement community, uh, and there is no excuse for that, especially uh, if they come at the hands of protesters, and those individuals ought to be prosecuted. If there are any tips as to the whereabouts of guilty parties on that front, uh, you you ought to be in touch with those responsible for seeking justice. Uh, All right, I am absolutely On the side of law enforcement when it comes to uh, their safety and the lawful execution of their jobs. And if I'm honest, as I heard from Mayor Mendenhall a number of times Saturday night, in fact, I spoke with her directly, uh, I got the sense that she was nothing but supportive for the job that was being uh, undertaken by law enforcement, members of the Salt Lake City Police Department especially, and all those other jurisdictions which had come uh, to assist and aid in the task of pushing back the protesters. And so if we could, if we could throw some cold water on this, I think you be a wonderful wonderful thing i'm not sure uh, what is stoking these flames uh, of disagreement Maybe it's uh, because, you know, people have the roles they need to play uh, or whatever. But uh, I am an admirer of the mayor's actions Saturday night, and I am an admirer of the actions undertaken by law enforcement Saturday night. And that continues through to today. I saw uh, wonderfully admirable things by a number of people. I'm going to take a quick break. When we come back, uh, we're going to take a, a, a we're gonna step away from the protest for just a moment, and I'm going to talk to you about a little bit of history I was able to witness with my little baby, Piper. On Saturday afternoon before these protests all took place. That's ahead on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. So much has happened since you and I were last able to gather together here and chat during this program. I was on the air, though, Saturday night. I got a call about halfway through the day saying, Hey, Lee, what are you up to? Are you uh, near a place from where you can broadcast? There are some protests shaping up in downtown Salt Lake City. Peaceful right now. Just a few individuals moving through the city. But if this should escalate, would you be ready to broadcast? That was the the question that came my way from the big boss here at KSL News Radio, And I said, yeah, yes, sir, absolutely. I'll, I'll be ready. You just let me know. And if I'm honest, I thought, nah, Salt Lake, we're, we're, this is a peaceful place. The... the It's not going to escalate. I'm going to be able to carry on with my plans uh, for the afternoon. going to hang out with my wife and pretty baby and the other plans that we had. Uh, Well, I was wrong. Things did escalate. And I got a call uh, not long after that first call saying, Hey, Lee, uh, they're flipping over cop cars and burning them. Now, it turned out just to be one uh, cop car that was flipped over a cruiser from the Salt Lake City Police Department. And so I took to the air. Uh, teamed up with my colleague and co-worker, Debbie Djanovic, and can I say that it was a, a very heavy privilege. And what do I mean by heavy privilege? I, on the air, was tasked with narrating one of the most heartbreaking events that I have witnessed transpire in Salt Lake City. I saw the city itself be trampled. I saw those under the banner of Black Lives Matter and in the name of the First Amendment, spray paint and destroy businesses and break windows and loot and burn and engage in violence. Now, I mentioned Black Lives Matter. I had a conversation in the midst of all this protesting with uh, uh, one of the leaders, one of the northern Utah leaders of Black Lives Matter. And as Debbie DeJanovic and I spoke with this Black Lives Matter leader We first learned that she wasn't in the midst of the protesters. She was not in Salt Lake City screaming and shouting and breaking windows. And we asked, uh, we said, hey, well, we see so many of these signs. We see so much of this spray paint on the sides of buildings and vehicles with the words Black Lives Matter emblazoned everywhere. And what we were told by the Black Lives Matter leader was that that type of behavior is not condoned nor supported by the organization. And that if anyone, any of these protesters were out in the street engaged in that type of behavior, that they were doing so in violation of the advice and guidance and support of Black Lives Matter. There are other Black Lives Matter leaders here in the state of Utah. We have heard from some of them subsequent to my conversation with the northern Utah leader on Saturday. And what have we learned from them? We've learned that it is the same, that if there was anyone out Saturday night causing destruction in the name of Black Lives Matter, that they were doing so without authorization and they were doing so taking the Black Lives Matter name in vain. The largest example of those operating outside of the the support of Black Lives Matter were those trespassers who climbed to the top of the Salt Lake City Library. You know that building. It has the unique and gorgeous sweeping architecture. Uh, There are stairs that take you from the street level all the way up, stories and stories, some five, six stories tall, uh, to one of the best views in the city. Well, from that very perch there were some individuals who had a giant banner. They unfurled it over the side of the library. It said Black Lives Matter. And yet when we spoke to organizers of the Black Lives Matter movement, they said that nothing that was going on in the streets of Salt Lake City had their blessing. And now why do I point that out? Why do I bring it up? Why do I I make a point to spend so much time here on the radio talking about this uh, relatively nuanced distinction? Well, it's because there are important things to observe here when it comes to what motivates behavior and what names individuals might use to excuse their behavior. There is a legitimate concern held by many across this country right now that there is racial injustice, some of it on a systemic level. That is a conversation worthy of having. And in fact, as you tune into these airwaves uh, throughout the rest of this week, it's a conversation which will take place here. I know Dave and Debbie are planning an exhaustive broadcast tomorrow, which will cover this very issue. What are the realities of race relations when it comes to uh, the general public and law enforcement? What are those realities as they exist across the United States? And what are those realities as they exist here in the city of Salt Lake? We don't quite know yet. There are many, though, who feel uh, that there is injustice, and many of those individuals took to the streets over the weekend. And to hold that view and to take to the street and to do so with a sign is fine. It is good. It's that type of behavior that has led us to be the nation we are today. I think of examples like uh, the Civil Rights Movement and others where individuals felt that an issue was so important that they needed to take to the streets and have their voices heard in that fashion. When those numbers grew to sufficient levels, real change did come about. In fact, I believe it was the protester who was honored by Time magazine not many years ago as the person of the year. Regardless of what you think about the, the arguments at hand here, there is truth to the line that we here in the United States are a nation of freedoms and that the first freedom, one of the first freedoms enshrined in the Bill of Rights, the First Amendment to the Constitution is that of free speech. It sets us apart from the rest of the world. Another thing that sets us apart from the rest of the world is our adherence to law and order. And those two can exist. They can coexist. We can execute and exercise our First Amendment while honoring the rule of law. Those lines were blurred over the weekend to heartbreaking effect, but I'm encouraged by stories like the one we saw play out in front of the 7-Eleven where some of those protesters, the ones who were exercising their First Amendment, a God-given right, they also took a stand for law and order and the ownership of private property. And when looters attempted to kick down the doors and steal the wares of the 7 owner and operator, some of those protesters said, nope, not on my watch. Give me back that stuff. Put it back where it belongs. You're not looting on my watch. And I admire that. I admire the ability to someone to stay true to the reason they took to the streets while not being swept up in the mentality of the mob. Mob mentality is dangerous, and it is rampant. And we will see more of it, I believe, as this story and this frustration continues. We're going to take a break right now. When we come back, we're going to take another step away from what's going on in Salt Lake City regarding these protests. And we're going to have a look at the Joe Biden campaign. How's he going? How's he doing? How does he respond to all this? We'll find out next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.